coming up on this week's Redcast. So I think the data and the reality from a regulatory point of view, despite the best efforts, we're still a little fragmented. So I think what you're going to start to see is just more collaboration and discussion, discussion among banking regulators, market regulators on how, you know, how they want the data to be organized. As this concept scales up, as it gets bigger, we need to be more and more inclusive and, and bring in our colleagues that, that, that trade in all these different assets that need to understand what we've done for derivatives. There's a really big push this year um, on FSB going to next year to really work on these standardizations. You saw the CFTC LEI rule a couple of years ago, um, the SEC, the OFR are considering additional rules and has been saying we have other rules coming in, in Europe sort of push these sort of standardization across securitizations and other complicated um, banking capital and risk rules. More, more coverage, more, more jurisdictions, more reusability, as we discussed, and, uh, and have like a bigger impact in the industry. So being able to leverage the program, not only for a specific uh, jurisdiction set of products, but, but across jurisdictions and across, uh, across products. You have to maintain this data quality through the life cycle of the trade, as well as daily, because that wasn't the requirement for a couple of years ago. Consigning the data across the regimes, you're consigning data from front to end, from your risk system, front office system, as well as the TRs and the regulatory. Interesting to see how firms are planning to, to use this data um, uh, internally and, and, and obviously from a reporting side. Um, and also like um, uh, how firms are going to use DRR as well. It feels like it's a bit in a a teeth pulling yep. exercise or looked at otherwise it, it's a it's a game of chicken between the regulator and regulated it feels like interests are aligning and there's a common path there welcome to redcast redcast, redcast. shining a light on challenges and opportunities for digital compliance welcome back everybody season two episode 19 on digital regulatory reporting I am really pleased to be getting back to this before our next conference because it has been since 2017 that regulators have been experimenting with the notion of getting technology applied to the reporting process, which has become known as DRR, though there are very, very different versions of what people call it, including the European Commission, which calls it machine readable and executable reporting. Um, but in a nutshell, the, the, the approach uses semantic technologies and DLT to link ambiguous legal definitions to business transactions in a, in, in a way that can make sure that everyone's reporting the same kind of information for the same kind of trade. And uh, JWG is incredibly proud to have been involved in the derivative space and two years on from when we launched the program, uh, the ISDA team is now really ready to deliver the code for the CFTC in the US and we're working hard to figure out the overall operating model for the entire industry. Um, but this month, the European Commission endorsed our approach in what they're calling MRER, that machine readable and executable. Um, and it's now left ahead of the UK. And it's really been making an interesting international race, especially this year when some interesting conclusions have been drawn about the readiness of the data that we give to regulators across the, across the globe. So this is all music to everyone's ears. We've all been working for a long time to get ready. Let's hear what our speakers have to say, but first let's uh, get them introduced. Uh, Bill, can we start with you, please? Yes, hi, I'm a, a Bill Banwell. I'm an attorney with the U.S. Department of Treasury. 
I've been there about a year and I cover international financial markets, um, among other areas. So happy to be here today. And, and welcome back, Bill. I forgot to say, because we have had you on and I think probably even some of your previous lives, you've joined us probably not when you were at the CFTC, but when you were at Deutsche Bank and then in the, laterally before you joined the Treasury. So a long friend of Redcast. Uh, thank Mark, you. Always happy. Thank you. Mark, over to you. Uh, thanks, PJ. My name is Mark Radakos. I'm the uh, managing partner of Trade Heather. Um, we are a, a data consulting firm um, focused on derivatives, and we have been implementing DRR for the industry and, and for some clients. Yeah, and then, then soldiering away at, at, the, at the millstone, helping us all get ready for the 5th of December. Thank you for all your efforts, and thanks for joining us again. And I'll, I'll put a link to the other shows you've joined in the, in the uh, show notes for everyone else. Keenan. Yes, sir. It's Keenan here. I am the current track and transaction uh, product manager in Adenza. Period to Adenza, I work in the industry as a business manager, middle office manager, and a trade support manager. And happy to be here. Thank you. And thanks for bringing your wealth of experience and actually front office trading environment, because that, that's where this all starts. Um, I get, Mark, I want to kick off with you. You're, you've been closest to uh, derivatives reporting for the longest. Why is it under the microscope? right now from your perspective well i think because it's we are pretty ready as you mentioned in the before uh we are almost ready to deliver the first version of drr um covering the uh, the cftc transaction fields so that means that we'll be able to to publish um uh an open source um implementation of the cftc rules in um in an open and um, automated programming language. And it's a big milestone, I think. Um, we have been implementing all the transaction fields in the in the CDM language, according to the CFTC technical specifications. And very importantly, according to the to the best uh, regulatory reporting experts that we have in the industry. Um, it's an important point, I think, that um, the DRR uh, mutualizes the effort um, of interpreting the rules and the things that are not clear. Um, we have been able to to collaborate and to access the experts on this on this industry. So that is this is really important. Um, I think another important point is that the effort has consisted not only in the modeling, the reporting logic um, to report all the CFTC fields, but also extracting the the validation rules from the CFTC technical specifications. So that means that we're able to to check on the data quality. Um, that users will uh, will submit the data based on the CFTC requirements. Um, so this is this is also important. It's not purely the report that we are generating, but also the 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 checks, the the validation rules to control the data. Yeah, and important. Um, the test pack is is actually an artifact anyone can use, right? Exactly. That's that's another key aspect. We testing has also been part of the program. Firms have helped us testing the the implementation by by providing test data, and that and the test pack that you're referring to will be also will be available as well for firms to use in their inter implementations together with the code. So these are really important artifacts that will be available to everyone that wants to use uh, DRR. Um, so the next phase will be uh, on modeling the CFTC collateral and valuation fields, and we expect that collaboration between firms will be key as well, um, because we plan to continue for uh, with uh, with Emir and, and also other jurisdictions for next year. 
Now, that's such a key point, right? This isn't just <clears throat> write, write the code once and forget about it. it. It needs to all fit together across the globe. And this is the first time we can start with the international definitions of these fields, do the US ones, and then move on to the uh, Europe and Japan and all the others that are scheduled to come in uh, by 2024. Yeah. That's right. I think reusability is going to be key. Um, just to, to give you a sense, like by implementing the CFTC CDE field, so the common data element fields, we are almost at 50% of the EMEA refit fields already implemented. And that's because we are reusing the, the CD implementation that we have for CFTC. We are reusing that for EMEA. So that means that firms will be able to reuse the code across across multiple jurisdictions. And I think that's going to be a big, a big advantage uh, in terms of the DRR implementation. And, and, and Keenan, from your perspective, what, what, what does this mean from a, you know, more of a, a front office trend and surveillance point of view? Uh, sure, sir. I think I totally agree with Mark. It's just, you know, do not populate in the data, but the quality of the data and the, as well as the reusability of the data is quite important. Why is so important? We all know the data quality is the backbone of the financial market transparency as well as the surveillance. So the regulators, what they want to do, keep the full control of the market and as well as they create the transparency for both firms as well as the market participants and the supervision. So that becomes the critical. We are in now in mature state. I mean, the last, you know, the couple of years, uh, yes, the regulatory reporting in place, but the data quality wasn't in really good stage. It's getting improved, but we still, you know, they have a good way to go. So what we saw in a couple of years, the regulators heavily invested in the data. They become a data-centric agile organizations. They hired the data architects, analysts, and engineers to build up their organization around the data. Why they want to do this? Read the data correctly, have the data correct in the first place, so they can make the decision from the surveillance perspective, as well as the market transparency. Because we all know the transparent and the clear markets is always just you know, the benefits for everyone. And this has been in place for a couple of years. And is getting improved. But what we believe the DRR is going to be the key point. Because again, I totally agree with Mark, uh, multi-jurisdictions and the multi-regime reporting. What is reportable for MMSR is likely to be reportable for SFTR. And the multi-regime, if the bank is sending out to the derivative reports to the CFTC, that means it's likely to have another branch or the jurisdiction in EMEA. So they have to report for the EMEA. So reusing that data is in the first place is critical. And also what's also critical, making decision-making for that data. This is also critical. I mean, for both sides. <clears throat> that was our, you know, the vibe I believe is the highlights in the horizon now. Yeah, that's a great point. I think you're, you're right to leave with that, that whole data and data standard because it's this common data elements with the common reference data points that it allows us to make a bit more sense of what's very much a you know a, a global picture that that is difficult to unpick without having those standards in place. Exactly, sir. And I think as you mentioned again, it started in the U.S., which is just ready for the fifth of December. But the, all the rewrites is going to follow up the U.S. regulations, and as well as we have the Emir refit coming through. Emir had a good chance to pilot that one with the SFTR. It's kind of you know the schema and the standardization. But what I believe is the perfect transparency and the good surveillance is going to be achieved by the data quality and the transparent and the reconciled data across the jurisdiction as well as the regimes. 
Absolutely. Well, Bill, turning to you, I mean, this does sound a little bit like deja vu uh, to you in that, you know, the, 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 the U.S. went first when we put these regimes in in the first place, but there wasn't any of this great DRR support and the rest of the globe went their own way. And now we're all trying to put it together again. So t- tell us in, in, in your perspective, what, what, what are the regulatory demands now and how are they different? Um, yeah, so I think uh, Mark and Keenan actually hit on the highlights of that because what we're finding, if you look at the FSB work, um, where you know you have international uh, systemic regulators sitting around a table trying to figure out what are the key challenges. Of course, you know a lot of that's been overtaken by events this year, but one of the key hurdles continues to be data standardization and being able to understand systemic risk. Um, we've seen that time and time again. Um, LEI's adoption, which is sort of um, uh, a catchphrase for you know standardization, continues to come up, and and the, the data that is in the DDR, a lot of the regulators are still, despite all the time and effort that's been put into it, are still struggling to kind of standardize it and to understand it across jurisdictions and across market participants. So there's a, a big push. Um, piggybacking on what's been said, a big push and a big concern to standardize uses of LEIs, to standardize uses of um, data fields, to make this data useful. Because when we had severe periods of stress this past year, there was there was instances where um, it wasn't clear, uh, the, the market picture wasn't clear um, from a macro point of view. It was, it was only um, uh, particular markets, if you looked at the UK or if you looked at the US, whereas the regulators really need to understand sort of a global picture. So there is a really big push this year um, on FSB going to next year to really work on these standardizations. You saw the CFTC LEI rule a couple of years ago. Um, the SEC, the OFR, are considering additional rules and has been saying we have other rules coming in, in Europe, sort of push these sort of standardization across securitizations and other complicated um, banking capital and risk rules. That, that's that's music to our ears and even, even more than what we heard out of Europe. I think finally the Financial Stability Board would be a, a, such a great place to have this conversation, right? And then that's all that's always been missing. And, and I guess that, you know, not intentionally, but almost by design, when you have 20 jurisdictions, I'll just go ahead and implement reporting rules. There's no place to talk to them about at this level of detail. Right. Yeah, I think it's really come up this year. I mean, for example, we had this, the, the London Metal Exchange um, incident earlier this year. Because uh, the Financial Stability Board is really where, you know, the, the regulators get together and assess systemic risk. And it became quite clear when you had a situation like that. There was varying sort of touch points of systemic risk, market participants in different jurisdictions, commodity markets, securities markets, banking uh, sector, um, where it became quite clear that you needed sort of that standardization, that, that sort of holistic picture. And so the FSB is going to be sort of very involved in this work because they, they understand now the sort of challenge and the risk um, from not having that complete picture. And, and just to peel the onion on that for us one more layer, what what, what is it about the LME uh, example that, that really triggered the, the, you know, the, the, the issue? Is it, is it that the, just many different asset classes with different stovepipes to get their data and you couldn't fit them together? Um, it actually touches a, a, a bunch of different areas. So one of the other key uh, uh, pillars of the FSB work is the non-bank financial intermediary work. 
Um, and that's, um, you know, that could be market participants in the commodity markets, for example, hedge funds, or you could have uh, in the CFTC parlance, FCMs, um, brokers on the, the metal exchanges, for example. So you have that, which is already sort of a, a key pillar, trying to figure out where these non-banks, that the regulators don't really have a, such a clear picture of where they might hold systemic risk. So that, of course, became a big issue with the London Metal Exchange incident, where you had all these sort of non-bank actors posing uh, potentially uh, failing, um, posing systemic risks um, when you rolled it all up. You had that. You had the commodity markets themselves and the commodity exchanges, which are also non-bank financial intermediaries themselves, also proposing a systemic risk. And then you had that risk flowing back to the banking sector. So you have key market participants that had stakeholders that were either participants in the commodity markets themselves or lenders um, and to other participants uh, within the commodity market. So you had all these sort of cross-layered sort of systemic risks. And then you layer on the geographic impact. You had some entities in Asia. You had some entities in the U.S. You had some entities in the U.K. Um, and being driven by um, events, commodity events in Europe. So you had a lot of different touch points um, that sort of overlapped with some of the existing priorities of the FSB. And so it became quite clear, if you don't have the, the data and you don't understand where this bank is trading with that bank and where this non-bank market participant is trading with that non-bank market participant, if you don't have that data um, where you can understand it, it, it became really difficult to understand what the real risk um, that, that we were facing. Um, yeah, and, and so what does that mean for next year's agenda, I guess? It, is, that, is that a lot more mandatory issuance of identifiers and forcing people to use those when they report? Is it new reports? Is it you know new new actors that are collecting and analyzing information? What where do you think this goes? So that's for sure. So you definitely will see a big emphasis on legal entity identifiers. That's a priority of the FSB. It, there was a thematic review actually in 2019, but then again I think the use case became quite clear this year. I think what's starting to happen is the sort of vision, the dream vision that we all had when we first went down this path of creating uh, DDRs and the trade rules, you know, it was going to be this sort of repository where all the regulators were going to be able to dip in and out and use the data per their regulatory purposes. Um, I think in, in, the reality is the market regulators have been driving a lot of these rules, the CFTC, AMIR, and the data has really been specified according to their, their, their use case. I think now the other regulators, the banking regulators, systemic risk regulators are now seeing the value in this data. So I think what you're basically having at the FSB level um, is just more collaboration among regulators and more sort of putting heads together to figure out, okay, what is it that we all want from these DDRs? What is it that we want consistently across the data? So I think the data in reality from a regulatory point of view, despite the best efforts, we're still a little fragmented. So I think what you're going to start to see is just more collaboration and discussion among banking regulators, market regulators on how, you know, how they want the data to be organized. And LEIs are going to be the central focus of that. Right. But it's obviously it's more than just the LEI. It's, it's the uh, information that goes with it as, as part of the transaction. That's right. That's right. The LEIs are just the first step. Yeah. So, and I guess, Mark, from, from your perspective, thinking this through then, what, uh, yeah, what, what can we do to build upon what we've already done for derivatives and, and need to think about extending? Yeah, I think, um, I think collaboration is, is key, as we, as we mentioned. Um, I think we are going to touch on, on a mere refit at the beginning of next year. 
which will require um, not only the, the reporting for the derivatives, but also for exchange-traded products. So that means that we'll need collaboration between trade associations that, that cover OTC and non-OTC products. So again, I think collaboration is going to be key for that. Um, and I think we will continue to expand the, the coverage of DRR next year. Um, we are anticipating already to to start including the uh, the Asia Pacific regimes, so um, Australia, Japan, ASIC, uh, Malaysia, and so on, will be covered there. So another important point there, I think next year is we will see is we'll try to to have multiple streams, multiple threads of work at the same time to be able to cover all these jurisdictions. So um, yeah, more, more coverage, more, more jurisdictions, more reusability as we discussed and, uh, and, and have like a bigger impact in the industry. So being able to leverage the program, not only for a specific uh, jurisdiction set of products, but, but across jurisdictions and across, uh, across products. So not only derivatives, but also listed, listed products. So I think it's gonna be really interesting um, in the, in the, at the same time, we're going to start. Uh, we'll see firms already going live with uh, with CFTC. Um, the expectation is that we'll have more firms implementing DRR for other jurisdictions as well. So it's going to be very interesting to get the input from the firms that are implementing DRR in their in their systems. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be really exciting because we are starting to see the the, the program in, in full scope. Um, not only for specific jurisdictions, but globally, um, covering all uh, all jurisdictions that are going to have uh, new rules in in the upcoming years. Yeah, and it is it is so exciting to see that work being reused in other jurisdictions, so you don't have to kind of start from scratch each time. Uh, but I think you hit on an important point there, which is it, there's not just one trade association you can go to to define all the products in the in, in the financial services industry globally. Um, so as this concept scales up, as it gets bigger, we need to be more and more inclusive and, and bring in our colleagues that, that, that trade in all these different assets that need to understand what we've done for derivatives. Um, and that's such a, such a key point when you start talking to regulators and helping them understand that, you know, gee, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get into how do we classify what this asset is in order to work out who has to be thinking about the standard to do the reports. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of very interesting conversations to be moving forward next year. Keenan, from your perspective, uh, your, your, your firm is, is, is a combination of uh, the, the prudential risk space, the balance sheet level data, as well as the transactional reporting. This must be a really exciting opportunity for you. T tell us about what this next generation looks like from your point of view. Sure, sir. It is really exciting. And it was a great to hear that we are in the right direction as just, you know, the bill and mark, you know, to get the great insight. Our firm is, yes, is the regulatory reporting platform, data centering. And what we'll be doing now, we are aligning our platform to consume how we can just, how can we get this data from the banks? There is a collective consolidated data points that we want to use. And apart from that, we also need to uh, follow the regulations because the regulations are going phase by phase. As we know, the bill has already stressed the LAE, but alongside the LAE, the UTI and the UPI is coming up through. Um, the UPI is in the legal text of EMIR. Next year is going to be live. So we need to make sure that firms are not just you know, the populating some data there, and they have to make sure that that data needs to be correct and aligned with the, across the all products and across the all jurisdictions and the regimes. So this is really exciting for us. And this is what we are focusing on. It's not just you know, the reporting the data, the quality of the data, and also 
you have to maintain this data quality through the life cycle of the trade as well as daily, because that wasn't the requirement for a couple of years ago. They will just, you know, the, the firms and the regulators, they will just only focus on the sample data and they will just, you know, the test it, what we can just, you know, do find as an issue or error. But now what we see from the CFTC rewrite and as well as in EMIR, you have to maintain the data quality through the life cycle, through the all your, uh, during the, your daily today activities. So this is quite critical. And what we are trying to do, help our clients, you know, to enhance these capabilities. This is going to be the next challenge for firms. And we are happy to, you know, to help you on that part. Yeah, and it's such a big challenge, right? So you have people working with the same kind of information, but at very different times and very different expectations about what good looks like. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tell us about the prudential roll-up of this transactional data. How, 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 where do you think that goes? The, I think is the we already discussed all this standardization, all this you know the schema updates and the templates, the DRR. It's going to lead us you know to some kind of reconciliation across the jurisdictions and the regimes. We already know that inter TR reconciliation is already in place. If it is necessary with the standard formats, the trades is going to be matched against the LAE and the UTIs. That that has to be done. But what I believe is the direction is going through. The valuations are the key. It's, it's now is a part of the CFTC and it's going to be the legal text in EMIR, the valuations. The regulators are stressing valuations. What's the potential risk on that trade? And if you're reporting something to CFTC with the 10K delta and in the same trade has been reported to the ASIC with the 5K or zero valuation, that's an issue. So that, that's you know, going to be probably the next stage. Reconciling the data across the regimes, reconciling data from front to end from your risk system, front office system, as well as the TRs and the regulatory. That's, you know, the pretty much the high level focus on the next horizon. That's great. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Bill. I'd like to kick off closing statements with you. What, what are you most excited about getting to on the 9th and 10th of November in terms of setting the agenda for next year? What, what's the, the one key takeaway for the audience? Um, I think um, I, I would love to get into uh, some of the systemic reporting requirements that firms are going to be expected to sort of deliver more from a thematic point of view um, for what I'm seeing um, on the FS FSB agenda um, and, and some of what's been discussed already today. I would love to sort of look ahead and see what uh, things like uh, uh, money market funds, um, some of the thematic work that the FSB and other regulators are doing. We'd love to kind of get into those topics. Thank you. That sounds uh, it, it sounds certainly like you just got a whole bunch of money managers logging on and registering for the night. <laughs> Mark, what about your perspective? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how firms are planning to to use this data um, uh, internally and, and and obviously from a reporting side, um, and also like um, uh, how firms are going to use DRR as well. Um, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see like that uh, that DRR is real and that we're looking to expand that in, in next year. And I'm also looking forward to all the discussions around around digital assets in the conference and, and digital asset reporting. So I think this is going to be really interesting as well. Yeah, we just had our prep call for digital assets this morning. And that's a, it. It's getting much more real, but I'm not sure we're into how to report them yet. And but we hopefully we we help set the framework for that, which would be a you know a huge a huge yeah. one. completely agree. Uh, and you're great. Thank you for pointing out. We'll have 
uh, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs uh, MDs on the on the panels with us, so they can give us the big big picture from an architectural point of view. What this means to some of the uh, you know biggest banks on the planet. Keenan, what's uh, what, what's your last takeaway? Exactly, sir. I think it's going to be the great chance for both sides. I mean, we just not want to focus on you know the big banks. Yes, we have the big architectural designs, big you know the capabilities out there. But as Bill mentioned, that there are many uh, small firms, the brokerage firms, the other money market managers. We need to focus on that side too. So it's going to be great insight to exchange this, you know, the capabilities, the understanding the what are the needs on the client side, what are the needs on the regulator sides. We already know the exchanging that information will be the great opportunity. On the other side, uh, again, the understanding capabilities on the what we can do, what we cannot do. And they having the great picture of the macro environment and really looking forward to join it. Well, thank you. And thank you for your support all. I mean, I'll, I'll wrap it up just saying, you know, what excites me the most is that it feels like we're moving on to a whole new chapter, you know, for, for years, I mean, five, six, seven years, it feels like it's been in a, a yep. teeth pulling exercise or looked at otherwise it, it's a, it's a game of chicken between the regulator and regulated. It feels like interests are aligning and there's a common path there. And I'm really excited to learn more about uh, Bill's perspectives on the panel and, and Mark and, and Keenan, all the great experience you guys have brought to the table. And we can do it better, faster, cheaper, and safer in 2023. So without further ado, thank you, gentlemen, very much for your participation today. If uh, you like what you hear, please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you found us on. And we look forward to, to checking in again soon. Thank you. You can download the podcast via Spotify, Apple and Google, but also I'd encourage people to come to the JWG website, which as hopefully you will know is jwg-it.eu. Go to the Intelligence Hub and create your bespoke library. This is Redcar. Shining a light on challenges and opportunities for digital compliance. 